Welcome to Coaching Carrie, the podcast where two lawyers turned life and leadership coaches rewatch Sex in the City and can't help but wonder how would Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, and Samantha's lives have been different if they just had a coach to help them along. Okay, I have three things I want to discuss before we start talking about this episode. <laughs> okay. First thing, mm-hmm. for probably the better part of the two decades that it's been since these episodes were actually airing, I truly, truly, truly believed that the set that they used for Balzac, Samba, and Brasserie Eight and a Half were all the same. Okay. Truly in my heart believe. You're like, it's just, this is just the club set or whatever, yeah, the restaurant right. set. Yeah. Like, uh, because they, they all have like a big staircase. They all have like kind of these generous seating areas, like a beautiful bar. And so I was absolutely convinced. So when I started watching this episode for today's recording, I was like, I'm going to figure this out. Okay. And I promise you, I spent two hours trying to figure this out. Okay. Now, well, I didn't try to figure it. I didn't. It didn't take me two hours to figure out that I was absolutely wrong because I immediately found out that Brasserie Eight and a Half is a real place. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> like that's a re- that was a real functioning restaurant, and in fact, season four was the first season that they actually started going to real restaurants because the show had enough cachet that they were being allowed to like to use those spaces. Yeah, and to, and basically like free publicity, right? So yes. they would film yes. there. So Brasserie Eight and a Half is a real place. So I was like. Okay, so maybe Samba and Balzac are the same place. Becky, I kid you not, I got to the point where I was scrutinizing the stitching in the banquettes. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Where I was like, well, this one looks kind of red, but this one's kind of yellow, but this one has like a little – like a, like a puffy shoulder pad, and this one doesn't. And I was like, shit, none of these places are the same. <laughs> no, I think it's honestly just probably a standard layout for New York restaurants, right? Yeah. That there's they're often down a level because mm-hmm. of the real estate, you know, needs to go up, right? Yep. And they so they, I mean, I just think it's just like a, a sort of a standard vibe. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Having not lived in New York, I mean, I've only been a tourist in New York. It, that didn't really occur to me. I just assumed that it was one set and I was desperately wrong. Okay. So that's number one. What's number, <laughs> number two? One. Number two. Um, is the outfit that Carrie actually wears on the runway an outfit or is it shit they just found around the workshop and threw <laughs> on her when they found out that Dior was showing something similar to the blue sequin dress? <laughs> Well, I mean, so like putting it in fashion show context, I feel like that is an outfit that could walk down the runway at any moment, right? So (laughs) that said, I mean, I do think it's sort of like a last minute grab of like, what the heck are we going to do? We wanted it to be blue. That has, you know, like there's a color vibe that we're going for. What Mm -hmm, do we have that's mm -hmm. blue? This coat, what can we put with the coat? Sparkly panties. Okay, cool. I mean, (laughs) it's so crazy. Okay. So yes, I, I also feel that it was... Uh, a spur of the moment, like throw together, you know, oh, it's genius. Yes. Okay. Third thing. On my first date with Evan, uh-huh. I told him that I fall down a lot. <laughs> and this is true. And I prove it all the time that I fall down constantly. I, I have only just recently uh, recovered from my latest ankle twist that happened mm-hmm. out in from falling over a uh, flagstone in my own backyard. 
But um, nothing makes me feel more connected to Carrie Bradshaw as a character than watching her fall down on the runway in this episode because she really bits She it. bites it. Yes, she does. Oh, my God. I mean, the, I don't know who they had do that stunt fall. And, I mean, did they have someone do a stunt I fall? don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because there are stills of Sarah Jessica Parker, like, mid-fall. Probably not. I think it was just her, don't you think? I mean... It's a real fall, though. It's crazy. Like, she yes. skids along the runway yes. a little bit. Yes. It's crazy. Oh, my God. So, yeah, um, lots of little bits and pieces getting me down rabbit holes in this episode, <laughs> which is season four, episode two, The Real Me. And interestingly, um, I got the same air date as our last episode for this one, so maybe they did a double episode premiere um, they have been known to, or at least we think they've been known to do yeah. that before. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So it might have aired in tandem with episode one of this season on the same date in in June of 2021 or 2021. Yes, it aired last year. Just last year in June. <laughs> in 2001. <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. Um, of course, we open the episode in Brasserie Eight and a Half, where Carrie and Stanford are at the bar. Carrie is sporting this season's signature fashion accessory, the multi-strand pearls. And she's also got another classic underwear as outerwear look that we're going to see over and over again all season long. Margaret Cho and her gay boyfriend Damien descend the dramatic staircase aforementioned into the dining room. And Margaret, who we're calling Lynn in this episode, tells Carrie she has so fucking saved her life. Lynn is a fashion show producer and she's got a show called New York Style coming up that will feature a mix of models and real New Yorkers with style. And she thinks Carrie'd be perfect for it. She's not going to take no for an answer, despite Carrie's unexpected protest that she doesn't belong on the runway. And after Lynn and Damien take off for dinner, Carrie and Stanford stay at the bar to debate which of them is less aware of their own beauty. Girls are at brunch, and we learn that Samantha is now eating all organic, and it is so hard. But she's getting all the results that she wants and is therefore having nude photos taken this week. But just for herself, of course. The girls don't seem to really get it, but when Carrie tells them about the New York Style event, they are all over her to agree to do it. Carrie continues to put up a fight and says she's worried people will judge her if she gets up on a runway. Miranda heads to the gym where we learn that she's been training for the marathon after a cute guy fake scolds her for being on a treadmill for longer than 30 minutes. His name is Dave, and Miranda does not immediately get that he's flirting with her. She calls Carrie later that night and explains that she can't believe that he told her he thinks she's sexy. She generally assumes, of course, that her smarts and her personality are what win guys over, and Carrie scoffs at that, of course. Later that week, Sam is at her photo shoot where she needs no musical accompaniment. Meanwhile, Charlotte and Carrie are having a walk and talk about gynecologists, and Charlotte's got some unspecified vagina condition, and she just wants to talk to a new doctor. Carrie's much more interested in setting up Stanford than she is with Charlotte's VJJ problems and asks her if she can think of anyone to set him up on a date with. Charlotte immediately calls in Anthony Marantino and tells him Stanford looks just like Ed Harris, which I totally agree with, but apparently Anthony does not. Miranda and cute Dave from the gym go out on a date, and it seems to have gone, like, really, really well. But Miranda's self-doubt is once again rearing its ugly head. Lynn continues to phone stalk Carrie to get her to say yes to the fashion show, and Carrie finally says yes when she finds out that the picky Italians from Dolce & Gabbana picked her as their model. She meets with the D&G team and squeezes into a slinky floral slip dress that's way too long for her. 
And the show's photographer, Paul Denai, shows up. Carrie immediately starts fangirling about all of his beautiful photos of early 90s supermodels. Charlotte goes to see Carrie's gyno and finds out that she may have vulvodynia. Have you ever heard of this, Becky? No. I mean, like, is this actually, I, I should I mean, It's a real this. thing. I, I, I meant to Google it and didn't. I mean, it's a real, I don't know more than it's a real thing. And I think actually, well, I don't want to Google it right now, but if <laughs> I feel like it's one of those like gastroenteritis, like generalized oh. condition, malaise, yeah, of, yeah, the malaise of, the, of the system, <laughs> right? Like that it's not actually so specific, but oh. I don't actually, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, because I was trying to figure out what they were even talking about, because, of course, the gyno prescribes an antidepressant and tells Charlotte to keep a vagina journal. Yes. And I was kind of like, so what is happening with her? And and she's unable to describe it to Carrie either. So I don't know. Yeah, anyway. I, I'm right. So I just looked it up. And the Mayo Clinic tells us that it is chronic pain or discomfort around the opening of your vagina for which there is no identifiable cause. So it's like the generic, like. Something's oh. wrong with this system, but we don't know what it is. So oh. I don't know. I, I didn't go deeper. Oh, that's moment. why it's called vulvodynia. Got it. Yeah. They keep talking. I mean, the girls keep talking about the vagina having well, a problem. Well, yes, we could have like a whole yes. like um, oh, what do you call it? anatomy lesson here of how yeah. we, we wrong name <laughs> all the parts all the time. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, poor Charlotte is telling the girls about her sad uh, vulva, apparently. And Samantha shows up with the vagina proofs uh, that she wants charlotte's art opinion on charlotte is scandalized because she becomes instantly and intimately familiar with sam's vagina and isn't that happy about it sam takes the prints she chooses to the framers and isn't thrilled that the guy behind the counter doesn't seem to notice her very much but later she gets plenty of reinforcement when a delivery guy hands her a greasy burger and fries and a big compliment on how her ass looks in the gorgeously framed photo strangely posted immediately next to her front door <laughs> Like, it's not even a space her, big yeah. enough for that photo. Like, no. I mean, it's gorgeous. She looks amazing. The guy at the frame shop did a good job. He did a great job. Yes. But, like, what is it doing right there? And it doesn't, there's not even enough room for it. Okay. Well, we can't, well, we can't have that scene without that. Yeah, so that's exactly. Anyway. Exactly. It's just kind of, I, I hate it when writers and producers do things just in service of like a joke. It yes. bothers me. Yes. <laughs> All right, back to Miranda. She's on the second date with uh, cute Dave from the gym and decides to dive into becoming the confident, sexy woman Dave seems to think that she is. Her efforts completely backfire, though, since Dave liked her just as she is, and they have an awkward moment at the gym several days later when he tells her she's a little bit full of herself and she runs away as quickly as possible. At the fashion show, the girls are dressed to the nines and have great seats, Carrie finds out she's not wearing the dresses she tried on, but sky-high heels and jeweled underwear. Anthony meets Stanford and doesn't agree in the slightest with Charlotte's classification of him as an Ed Harris lookalike. During the show, of course, we get one of our most iconic Carrie Bradshaw scenes where she finally takes the runway looking amazing and immediately falls off her shoe. She picks herself up, though, and keeps walking and inspires everyone else to pick themselves up and keep moving forward, too. So... That's the real me. <laughs> so I have two things that I want to say. Number okay. one, Anthony seems most upset about the fact that Stanford is bald. And I'm like, Ed Harris is bald. Like, what is giving? Like, she could not have been more like, anyway, like, if you want to be upset that he didn't meet your sort of like what you thought that would look like, cool. Mm-hmm. But the baldness yeah. is like, she gave you the warning on that. So that bothered yeah. me, number one. He also seems the tippy top of his 
frustration with the match is that Stanford doesn't know the difference between Sicilian and Italian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's, well, there's a lot of things that are really going on there, but yes. Number two is, um, so when Carrie and the photographer are looking at the pictures that he's taken of all the models, she's like waxes sort of like, not poetic, but she's like, I just love models. I'm like, is it not just a mirror? four seasons ago or really three seasons ago that, that we hated models. I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, what? Like, I, I thought she loved fashion. I didn't know there was a love for the actual, yeah. and not that there's anything wrong with models, not that you should love them or not love them. I don't, I'm not weighing in on that, but I've just, I was like, that's like a change of heart. <laughs> yeah. It is strange. And all the photos that she's looking at are just of the model's faces. They're not, yes, they're the not models. fashion photos. Right. Yeah. They're like beauty shots of the models. They're not they're not fashion editorial, yes. which is what I would have expected her to be looking at. Yes. Yeah. I just thought it was like it was just a weird little off thing, but again, not super critical to the story. Yeah. But it would have you're right. It would have made more sense if it was some sort of like compilation of shots that had been in vogue. You know, that mm-hmm. would have made perfect sense that she would have known him and admired those shots. Anyway, that's what I got. Yeah, for sure. Huh. I mean, I- why is Paul Denai even in this? I I don't even understand why they have like a love interest for her, sort of. I think they just needed anything. to fill some time, like fill out the fill out the episode. And at the end of the day, like this is a show that is about relationships and dating, or at least that's been the you know the focus. And so there's yeah. got to be something something meaty in there because otherwise, what do we have? Yeah, I suppose that's true. So I was very proud of myself that I actually picked out a theme in this episode because it's like hit you over the head, obvious. Duh. I'm just not very good at themes. I don't know. I, I never feel like I get what the theme of these episodes was are. Was your but- theme vaginas? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, but it could be. Because I feel like that's what the theme was. Anyway, continue. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of a lot of vagina talk. So obviously the theme is how we see ourselves and how others see us, right? So we've got, you know, this kind of what is my outward image? What is my inward image? And how do I want them to interact? So I kind of have done unwittingly, Becky, a little bit of what you did on, in our last episode. And I've my first question is really a question for our listeners more so than any, you know, individual character in the show. And the question is, what image do you want to project and how is it different from the image you think you have now? Mm, I like that one. Sort of like thinking about how we want to show up and how we are actually showing up can be a really po- – I can see how that would be a really powerful activity. And it's interesting as you ask that question, what came to mind is Carrie gets so in her head about modeling in this fashion show, or, although they are like abundantly clear that it's not like she is the only quote-unquote non-model who has been asked to walk. Like that is the whole vibe of this show. So why she assumes that she will be held up to sort of model standards when very clearly she's just supposed to be the, you know, like the famous person or the everyday person who's walking in the show is kind of funny to me um, that she gets so wrapped up in like, am I modeling enough for this? Yeah. I mean, that whole thing is like a strange gambit to me that she's so resistant to the idea of being on a runway when she, as Charlotte points out, she literally (laughs) Literally treats New York like a runway every single day. Yes. 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 (laughs) Yeah. So I actually, um, I took my first question and kind of tailored it for Carrie then, and I'll, I'll just give it right now and we can talk about both questions together. But for Carrie, I, I changed it a little bit because she's got a very specific point of view on this. And I said, what qualities or characteristics do you think you are missing that keep you from seeing yourself in a new light. Hmm. I don't understand what she, like, 
She's insistent. I am not a model. I am a writer. She says it like 15 times in this episode. But like, what do, what do you think you're missing that you need to walk down that runway? I think she's got this notion that she is too quirky to be a model. Oh. Because, so you have to like situate it in time too. Like in the early 2000s, most of the models were A, white, mm-hmm. B, straight haired, C, super tall and super skinny. And so Carrie, obviously like- I think it's like the wildness of her Mm. that doesn't fit the mold is part of it. I think it's the shortness, but I mean, the shortness isn't really, I don't think she doesn't really treat it like an issue because she's like problem solved. I'll wear like sky high heels. I love my heels. Yeah. I think it's more just the quirk, like her quirkiness she thinks doesn't, Mm. doesn't fit. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I suppose I wasn't contextualizing in time because it was the age of the supermodel. Now I feel like we're in an age where we see people, I mean, it's not solved hundred percent, but we see a lot more quirky and I mean, quirky in a positive way, like a lot more right. uniqueness yeah. is being represented. That is not how it was well, in my mind or my memory. That is not how it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So kind of going back to the more general question, you know, Miranda, <laughs> there's Miranda seems to have the, have the biggest disconnect between what she thinks that she's projecting to the world and what she wants to project, and at least vis-a-vis the guys she dates, right? And I was actually surprised because, you know, we <laughs> – these episodes would have been the epi- – the ending of season three and the beginning of season four in real time when these were airing would have been a year – almost a year apart, so maybe yes. like nine months apart. So you might not have noticed that at the end of season three, we just had an episode, What Goes Around Comes Around, where Miranda goes out with the cute detective and, you know, feels like she has to, you know, portray some, you know, sexually aggressive, like... Mina Suvari. (laughs) Yeah, super confident Mina Suvari, like, you know, whatever. And then we've got immediately in episode two of season four, kind of the same theme for her. That she feels like, you know, being herself, even though she was being herself when this guy asked her out, isn't enough. And she's got to change her image to match what he sees. It's interesting because it's almost like you want to ask, like, what is it going to take for you to believe what somebody else is telling you they are seeing about you, either with their words or their behavior? Did I just steal your question? Becky, did you just read my next coaching question, which I'll read verbatim so that you can see how close you got? What prevents you from believing the truth of the image men have of you? <laughs> I mean, you got real close. <laughs> I mean, but it's like, it's like, uh, it, it just is right there to ask, right? Because it's right. I mean, he is literally saying, I met you how you were. I think it's sexy. And she then decides she needs to quote unquote act sexy. Like, yeah, what, what even Yeah. And I mean, it's funny when they have the interlude at the door after their first date, I noticed when I rewatched it this morning, we get this very um, kind of soft version of Miranda because it's almost like she's letting the image that he has of her like wash over her in the doorway. Even I notice her joints are a little floppy. Yeah. Like maybe she's had a couple drinks. Okay, fine. But like no, but it is a much flowier. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like Cynthia Nixon makes the choice to kind of be a little bit like less hard and angular in that moment. And I was just like, why can't you stay there in like basking in the glow of how he sees yeah. you versus going back to like a hard edged, like straight lined, you know, severe version of it 
when he was so into the like the flowiness that you were yes. giving him after date one. It's almost like, okay, so this might be a leap, but it's almost like it felt good, right? It felt really good to be seen that way. And so she wants to like act in a way that assures that she will continue to be seen that way mm-hmm. without realizing that what he is telling her is when you show up as you, because I think she was just showing up as her, yeah. when you show up as you, you are that way to me. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get the sense that um, the guy was younger than Miranda? Maybe like a slightly, not significantly. Yeah. I got the sense that it was maybe like a small, like mm-hmm. five years or less age yes. difference. Yep. I don't know if that was supposed to be there or not, but I was kind of like, I wonder if, you know, the fact that it's like a slightly younger guy being like, overtly, you are sexy, yes. Ms. Hobbs. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, I can't, I can't deal with it. <laughs> well, and I think, so like, here's the thing. It's, this is just a word game, but like, you are sexy is different. Like, then it requires her to be something versus what he's really saying is, I see you as sexy. And so it's not that you have to become something like who you are already. I'm perceiving it this way. And it's interesting because often I'll ask like in a professional context, one of the things I will ask people to do is go out and and find kind of five to seven people in their network and ask them what they think that person does really well. Mm -hmm. Because there's a part of this that is about what we want to portray to the world. But then there's a part of it that really requires us asking, what are you seeing? of the people around us, because we might be thinking we're portraying one thing, but something else entirely might be the thing that that person is seeing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so that makes me wonder, like, what would have happened if Miranda had said to cute guy from the gym? So no one's ever called me sexy before. And, you know, this is more like I'm, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit to see what you see. Like, can you tell me? What do you see? Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's a lot for a first date. It probably is. But I mean, so I have a good friend and we and we used to joke like back in our 20s, we would go out and and she would get in these conversations, particularly after having a few drinks with some, you know, guy. And the conversation would basically be like, tell me more about how great I am. Like, (laughs) and so it just become this like code word, but actually, all joking aside, I mean, there is like, tell me more about what you're seeing. Like, it doesn't even have to be that, like, I like hearing that you think I'm sexy. Tell me more about what you're seeing. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, to me, it could even get it, like, Uh are you looking for some foreplay? Like, (laughs) here you go. Ask ask your date why he thinks you're sexy. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. I just feel like there was an opportunity there and she just, but I mean, she tries to intellectualize it, right? Like, she Mm -hmm. she does the Miranda thing. Um, she's kind of like falling back into old patterns. She's like, okay, this this is my vision of what a sexy woman would look like and act like. Oh, and, yeah. And, and she's, I mean, it's like so weird. She's like, I love my life. Like, it's just so oh like. <laughs> I love my <laughs> life. I love my friends. And I love meeting new people. I was just like, you're weird. <laughs> I can't like, do- that's what you think is sexy? Like, what is even going on? Yeah, so. it's 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 a real choice and it's real strange. It's real, real strange. (laughs) Well, awesome. Yeah. So um, we kind of mashed all of the coaching questions together today into a single um, discussion. Can we also just for a moment before I recap, is not knowing what your own genitals look like a thing? I I, I don't know how Charlotte gets to be 35 years old and doesn't has never 
I think it's, I think it, it used to be a thing. Like, again, I think you have to like situate it back in context, right? Like, like from the seventies, like, <laughs> I know, but I feel like, so here's what I feel like. I feel like part of the reason, you know, I joked that the theme should be vaginas. Like part of the reason that that was like, I think that at this time felt really like forward to be just like openly talking about female genitalia mm. that way. Yeah. Like really, you're right. I mean, like not completely groundbreaking, but just yeah. more forward. I don't mean, whatever, it's your body. You should know it. That's what I think. So there, there yeah. you go. I also love Kristen Davis being like, that's not very arty. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched my favorite, my favorite one was Samantha's. Oh, that's the full frontal. I just did that to warm up. I know. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, just pick a different print. It's fine. Like, there's there's 50 proofs here. Just look at a different one. Different one. On. Yeah. Like, come on. Oh, my God. All right. So here are our mashup of coaching questions about image and what other people think of you. So first question to everyone, including our listeners, uh, what image do you want to project and how is it different from the image you think you have now? For Carrie, what qualities or characteristics do you think you are missing that keep you from seeing yourself in a new light? And for Miranda, what prevents you from believing the truth of the image men have of you? So thanks for listening, everyone. And we will dive further into season four next week. If you are loving the podcast, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review wherever you listen to the podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at coaching.carry.podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, it's Carrie. I would love to connect with you out in the world at carriewalshcoaching.com. There you'll find more information about me, coaching, blog posts, and an opportunity to sign up for my newsletter. Or if you or your company is looking for executive coaching, you can check out theatalantagroup.com for more information. That's the A-T-A-L-A-N-T-A group.com. Hey, that's Becky. To connect with me, the easiest way is to head over to my website at untanglehappiness.com. There you can learn more about the services I offer, as well as get additional information about my book, The Happiness Recipe, A Powerful Guide to Living What Matters. I look forward to connecting with you.